What's up, Ding Dong? Welcome to the Side Talks podcast, where we would never, ever, ever use Avril Lavigne's music no. to piss off Spotify. Absolutely never. I mean, it's precious. It's it's sacred. Like, how could we even think to use something like Skater Boy to illustrate? Wrong. And what you just heard was Avril Lavigne coming down into the studio and yanking all of the chords out of the back of Brad's console. And uh, and so we can't even mention her name now. We've been asked to uh, to actually scrub that from, um, and we can't say Canada anymore either. So that's the last time we'll ever say Canada. Um, anyway, this is the Side Talks podcast. We talk about movies. Uh, that's right. <laughs> um, I was going to say uh, that she said, see you later, boy, when she left. Be careful. Um, but yeah, I'm not even sure I'm allowed <laughs> to recite the lyric. Um, Avril Lavigne is stronger than she looks. <laughs> I mean, that's real. Um, tread lightly, Corey. Yeah, tread um, lightly. She she just came into the recording booth and just like grabbed my left pinky and just broke it and then just walked out without Karate. even saying a word. Karate chop Brad in the neck. Yeah, it was yeah. it was rough. I mean, you know, she's in here yanking chains. That's right. And she, you know, she never mind. <laughs> get the dick jar out. <laughs> Oh, I mean, um, it needs to get out just for yanking chains. Yeah. Oh, that, but that's not even a dick thing. Again, like we, we, we established that in the in okay. the last all episode. All right, all right. Let's let's quit talking about dick jars and dicks and Avril Lavigne's and let's uh, talk about movies. What's this shit? All right, lay it on me. All right. I don't know if you're going to get this one or not. Many have said that in the past, and so, yet. I'm going to give you a couple of hints. Okay. All right, audience. This is a film just to, just within the last few years. Okay. So All that's right. the first thing. It uh, this random scene. I don't know where we are in the film, but I assume we're pretty far into it. Okay. And um, there's a there's a young woman playing pool. Hmm. And go ahead and get the dick jar out if you would, Brad. If you you don't have a chance to put it up when it has to you know be used here. They're playing pool, and a guy approaches and says to the young woman playing pools, one of them specifically, you look like a girl who is good with balls. <laughs> oh, and she's like, don't talk to me again. And he goes, come on. I just want to show you my pool cue. And by my pool cue, I mean my penis. Yeah, that actually yeah, we gets all sad. It. It's so we stupid. Um, and then there's a weird, she kind of turns, and there's a weird audio shift. Okay. That's the best way I can put it. Like, mm. there's also some weird kind of visuals going on, too. But mostly it's a weird audio shift mm. where she yells something at him. Of, I can't tell you exactly what she says to him because within the what she says to him is the actual title of the film. What? And so what she ends up doing, though, is basically baiting him to get onto the top of the pool table. Get on the pool table, and then she's like, you know, take it out in front of everybody, kind of thing. And so he starts to unzip his pants. Good lord! Yeah, I told you we needed the dick drawer out. And I mean, I I just randomly landed on this. Okay. And um, he and then the audio gets weird again, and he kind of makes a weird move, steps on a pool ball, slips, falls between two pool tables, and it is a pretty. I will. I'll give him this. It's a pretty nasty little neck break where he dies. (gasps) I mean, it's a good kill if you're looking for a you know. So is this a horror movie? Yeah, yeah, it does. That's how. That's what I would say. Yes. Okay. Uh, and that's what I've got for you. I mean, that's the scene. Bizarre. And I feel like maybe if you haven't, I feel like the 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 kill is enough. Yeah. And like, if I had seen this movie, I'd probably, probably remember, remember that. And clearly, she's. I will say this: the implication and the weird changing of the audio, and uh-huh. like, he kind of even, he even notes, "Oh, what you're saying to me is kind of creepy." And so the weird change in the audio and that sort of like that happens with the voice and. 
um, really suggests that she's responsible or, or whatever thing has taken over her is responsible for putting him on the table. It's I almost see. like a supernatural kind of like I slipped on the pool ball because yeah. I was made So there's to. some there's some witchery involved, perhaps. Yeah, something. Something sort of supernaturally okay. going on. Hmm. And, uh, and that's what I got for yeah, you. And that's, I, I don't know that you're getting this that's one. That's not a ton you. to go off of, but apparently I haven't seen this movie because I think I would remember it if some guy – was told to whip it out, and then he just like yeah, slipped so. on a pool ball and died. Nobody famous. It's a it's a college age. I'll give you a couple okay. more. This is college, college age. age. They're in what looks to be like what would be like the local college bar. Got it. Um, and you know, yeah, that's and, and they're very like nondescript, non famous actors. I wouldn't be able to pick them out of a lineup. This isn't that sequel to the craft that came out during the pandemic that I didn't see. No. Yeah. Okay. The requel. I guess it would. Yeah, been. I guess uh, the craft legacy. I guess it was called. Yeah. Um, no. Okay. Well, no, I don't think that I know this. I wonder uh, okay. if our audience is getting it. Yeah. Any other like? Well, no. Any other like? Nobody's famous. Well, I will give you one more clue. All right. And I and I don't. I, I kind of think it's not fair. But okay. if you don't get it based on this, then you yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. don't get it then wrong. Then I definitely just if haven't seen it. If you get it based on this, and I think it's a half and half. All and, right. and we we've had a half and half before, so that kind of comes together. You get one kind of win out of two. Okay. Um, it's kind of a game that they're playing in some ways. Like the, like the the when she tells him to get onto the ball onto the to, to the pool table or whatever. It's like a game. It's like a kind of a game. It's like a truth or dare or something. Ding, ding, ding. That's the name of the That's movie. That's the name of the film. Did I see that? I remember when that movie came out. 2018. But I, don't, 2018. I don't remember if I saw Truth or Dare. So that, I feel like that's half a win. It's a little bit of a cheat, but it's half a win because you did at least know that was a film and know that was a title. Truth or Dare. Let's see. According to so Letterboxd, that that's literally what I she says saw this movie wow. and gave it one star. Yeah. So I have I have absolutely no memory of this. Based on what I saw. Yeah, it almost, I will say though, you know the film Smile that came out, what, last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that kind of almost happens in the film. It almost, you, you know what I'm talking about? Like it almost, like there's almost like a graphic that makes it seem like, like there's a little bit of a, a filter or something that's making it seem like maybe she's smiling bigger than How anyway. strange. How did I see this movie? I don't know. Um, I, okay, this was my review from 2018 and it gets a little political. One star on Letterboxd and my review says, I didn't like this movie. Also, America is currently operating internment camps for migrant children. So I guess that was what was on my mind at the time, more so than whatever wow. truth or dare was given me. Wow. You're like, this movie can't come out right now. Nothing should come out right now because this is what's happening. Um, yeah. I didn't, you know, you know, I'll go out on a limb and I'll, I'll, I'll voice an opinion that may be controversial. The Donald Trump administration, bad. Bad yeah. vibes. Not great. Yeah. Not a fan. Yeah. Um, not looking yeah. forward to the requel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's, let's skip that for now because – that's bumming me out, man. Truth or dare, I saw it. I didn't like it. I forgot you know, about it completely. <laughs> you know what's more fun than the Trump presidency? Uh, the Truth film or dare from twenty eighteen called Truth or Dare. And it would it's almost not very have fun. to be yeah, exactly. Um, okay, well, it's 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 really. I don't feel good about this one. Do you, Brad? I don't feel good about it. No, but Corey, do you feel good about it? No, I don't. All I don't right. feel good yeah, about we're, we're good. pretty much anything that, no. that happened around this movie, no. I guess. Then let's put this behind us. You kind of two out of two films, you got one win. I can't remember when the other one was, but that's the deal. And let's move on. And now a look at what we're watching this week. What have we been watching? Well, I will tell you, Corey, I haven't been watching a lot. Uh-huh. I did, as part of our VHS time capsule, which I'm super excited about, as you know, Yeah, watch Cat's Eye. That's right. 
And I think I might have mentioned that. It's a good film. I really like it. I know that there's some controversy because there's like a little cat getting shocked in a cage mm. at the beginning. But it's a movie. No cats were harmed during the making of this film. They better not have been. And the cat's the hero in this thing anyway. That's like, true. The cat is awesome. The cat is like definitely having more than nine lives in this film. And fights the, ca- the little goblin at the oh, end, right? It's my favorite thing ever. The little goblin at the end with the little like bell hat and yeah. the, I mean, a little tiny knife. It makes me crazy. It yeah. made me crazy as a kid. And it makes me crazy this day. Like I love everything about it. It's so weird and silly and, but so fun. And when it's spinning around on the record and, Adorable little Drew Barrymore. It's a really fun little fast uh, film to watch, and I d- I actually like the Smokers, the first one. The the first it's, it's it's an omnibus right with three films that are connected by the cat. Yeah, all and based on three short story by short stories by Stephen King. I think the I think the Goblin one is original to the movie, but Smokers Inc. is a short story, and I forget the second one. What was the second one? The Ledge. That's a Stephen King story yeah. too. Uh, yeah. So screenplay um, by Stephen King. That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know when he was. Dipping his toes into Hollywood right. uh, in a big way in the 80s because he, for some reason, had seemingly boundless supplies of energy. I can't imagine why that might be. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. <laughs> it was the 80s. Um, it, it, James Woods in the first one, and I, my favorite part about the screening other than the fact that we hadn't quite figured out the tech yet, and so we were hot unplugging an HDMI cable every 15 minutes because the sound would fall out, and it was causing rip-roaring audience uh, reaction. So that was a lot of fun. It was a it was what I was calling a tech roller coaster ride um, through a VHS tape. A lot of fun. Um, But my other favorite part was when James Woods' name came on the screen at the beginning. Half the audience booed. Hell yes, love that. That's hilarious. Great moment. The cat is almost as cute as Drew Barrymore. Highly recommending. This is a great classic. VHS title yeah. and one that I rented probably enough times from the video store for slumber parties and so on and so forth as a young child. Oh, I bet it's a, a really fun slumber party. It's movie. a great slumber party movie. I mean, I, I what I'm getting at is that my mom probably should have gone ahead and just bought the VHS tape, <laughs> which at that time would have been like $80. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. She probably should have because that's how many times that damn thing got rented. Um, and that with a, with, with a pizza, you know, void the noid pizza would classic night, classic sure. night. Yeah. So that's really it, because other than that, I've been busy. I've been screening some stuff for Southern Circuit, screening some stuff from Sidewalk. And I also have seen, um, I guess if I'm talking about things I've seen, I've seen Taylor Swift live on the Eras Tour. That's true. You had a wonderful time. No no complaints, despite (laughs) being rained on for a significant amount of of the night and missing Phoebe Bridgers. I, yeah, I I wouldn't say, look. Mama Tay is going to bring what Mama Tay is going to bring. She can't control the weather. And we're all just happy for the few minutes that we might have to bow at her feet. So I would never complain. But sitting on the floor for four hours in a stadium, I not my favorite moment. You know, I made a really bad joke coming out that it was just like Katrina. Oh, I know, I know. But um, <laughs> and you just repeated it on a podcast. <laughs> on a podcast for everyone to yeah, our everyone. audience. Um. Anyway, no, it really put in perspective what Katrina might have been like. I'm just joking. Um. I keep just doubled down on that, didn't I? Uh. No, it was it was awesome, but also terrible. But that's kind of you know that's that's life with with Taylor Swift. Awful, terrible, heart wrenching. Beautiful, glorious, all those things. It is a thing where watching a show like that uh-huh. from with that many people, 70,000 people, I want y'all to know. Watching a show like that in the rain, there is something re- – and there's sort of like lightning, cloud-to-cloud lightning still happening in the background. 
um, is really beautiful and wonderful, but also really miserable at the same time. So it is a really interesting, unique combination. Kind of like sitting on the floor of a stadium is really miserable, but when there's a whole group of people across from you who've gotten together to sing Taylor Swift songs in unison, uh-huh. it's also just kind of very, like, on one hand terrible, on the other hand really s- surreal and special. I'm not um, sure that I would have enjoyed myself very much. No, I don't think you would have, and I don't think en- I don't think enjoy is the right word here. Endure? I don't know. I don't. It's it's interesting. It's like Brad. Do you do you kind of know what I'm talking about? Maybe as like a, a music lover and a musician. Like if you're seeing an artist that you really really like, it's not necessarily always enjoyable. Does that no, make sense? Not, and especially a production like that big. Yeah. You got weather. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just one of those, like, it's not, to, it, it can't be repeated kind of things. Right. Um, I was really bummed to not see Phoebe Bridgers, for sure. That was probably the biggest hit, but I have seen her before. Yeah. And, and it really, other, look, it, what's the alternative? There's a really good chance, if that had continued on for 30 more minutes of, of lightning hitting in the ground, that it just would have been canceled, and that yeah. would have been that. And that happens with a lot of artists, is it just, they just cancel. Right. But she did, let's give her some credit. After being delayed for almost four hours, and and for her that would have been like like a two and a half hour delay, right? Mm-hmm. She did come on and do a three and a half hour show. Wow! Well, and that's impressive. They, they they cleared all the they had somebody behind the scenes clearing all the license, I mean all the permitting shit they had to clear, uh-huh. and, and we didn't. She didn't wrap up till two a.m. I mean, she did. The, she was like, "I'm not gonna." truncate the show like this is going to be the full you're getting the full show you may not get the openers but i'm going to do everything i was going to do right. and we're going to go with it i think that's um so that's it was pretty it was, yeah, it was, yeah it was pretty impressive but i was i i mean i was i had been i was through the ringer mm-hmm. i was definitely tired really regretted not having you the part of the issue with the four hour thing is you're like every you don't know how you don't know how long it's going to be there's no window of like this is when we're going to go back in um, so really regretting not having gotten that giant barbarian pretzel of course. at the two hour mark. That's what I should have done that. Anyway, that's what I've been doing. I've been watching, um, Mama Tete and, uh, and little baby Drew Barrymore. What have you been doing? What have you been watching? Well, I caught up with the latest installment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. And, and while I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about it on this podcast, because Look at it this is, connectivity. Um, you want to try to guess what that is? Connectivity. Taylor connectivity. Swift and Guardians of the Galaxy. Does she have a pet raccoon or something? <laughs> no. Who's in this? Um, Bradley Cooper is Rocket Raccoon. Who else? Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt? No. Uh, Keep going. Uh, Isn't Ryan Reynolds in this or am no, I wrong? you're oh, wrong. I'm wrong. Then there is no connectivity. Uh, Deadpool may well oh, interact with that's the Guardians of the Galaxy at some point down the line, but that hasn't happened yet, I'm afraid. I just want to know the level of excitement that you have about Guardians of the Galaxy right now. Well, and the level, this is the thing I'm talking about there. Uh-huh. Cause there's like a, like there's kind of like this, like, Oh, Taylor Swift, like eye roll or whatever. I hear it in your voice, but how is Taylor Swift any, like, how is that any higher brow than Guardians of the Galaxy? I would never cast dispersions that you go into a Taylor Swift oh, concert, okay. especially after I really loved those most recent records. So come on. Okay. All Give right. me some Fair enough. Here. Fair enough. Let's hear about it. You uh, like this Guardians of the Galaxy. I loved it. What number is a six? 
Well, this is the third and okay. final installment in this this oh, Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy. Uh, James Gunn, the writer director, is moving on to head um, the DC um, cinematic universe. I don't for even understand Warner Brothers. This. I don't so understand. Marvel's competitor, you know, Batman and Superman and stuff. He's writing and directing a Superman movie next. So before he pulls up stakes and, and heads to the competitor. He made one last Guardians oh. of the Galaxy movie. And um I can't I, keep up with all this. I know like because, Marvel, DC, blah, Well blah. you you were not born into and molded by no, this nerdy wasn't. shit. Right. And and I That's very right. much was. Okay. Um but look I, I really love this movie. Um it has um I, I think it's very easily the best Marvel movie in the last four years because it is a real movie that looks and feels like a movie. Um, and James Gunn put some, some really lovely thought into it. It is also kind of unexpectedly harrowing. Um, it's got this sort of animal rights plot. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Um, because one of the main characters of the guardians is, is rocket raccoon played by voiced by Bradley Cooper. Um, who's this like mean, genetically experimented upon raccoon who had this very traumatic? So you know, he's just playing himself. It, it, yeah, noted raccoon Bradley Cooper playing himself. No, well, but this is this sort of delves into the backstory of this character and introduces the really horrible villain whose experimentations resulted in the creation of this yeah. character. Um, a, a real bastard is this villain, and it's very you know satisfying. Uh, to see him inevitably get his comeuppance because he spends a disproportionate amount of the movie doing crazy mad scientist shit on cuddly animals. Um, and it, it, you know, frankly, even though I don't think there was anything close to a real animal on set for any of this, it's very clearly all computer generated. Um, it's pretty upsetting. I mean, especially if you're an animal lover and you, you have – uh, some issues with with seeing things like that. I mean, it might press some buttons that you might not expect a Marvel movie to press, but the the catharsis at the end of it, I think, is is pretty exciting and overwhelming. And then look, if you're a fan of these movies, like I am and have been for a while, seeing these characters sort of take their final bow. Um, even though I'm sure many, if not most of them, will be back. Um, uh, I was going to say, is this really a... It, for some of them, yes. For others, no. But uh, it's it for this specific group of characters. You know, new characters might come into the Guardians, but the the classic lineup, as it were, is pretty much done. Like Dave Bautista and Zoe Saldana have said, this is the end of the road for them with Marvel, and they probably won't be back. But some of the other actors might be. Um, and, you know, as a curtain call for a lot of these characters who, you know, have been so enjoyable in the past, it's, it's quite nice. So I really did enjoy it uh, quite a bit. Um, and I, I want to talk about two movies that I caught up with, um, one of which I had never seen, the other of which I thought I had seen and then oh, watched wow. it and didn't really recognize any of it. That so happens. I'll I'll start with the one I thought I had seen. Okay. Joel Schumacher's The Lost Boys. Oh. And I watched it and I realized maybe I hadn't because I didn't remember any of it. Well, that's special then. It was so good. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, duh. It's so it's good. It's so good. It's one of my favorite horror films of all time. It's easily Joel, Joel Schumacher's best movie. Um I, I think that's that's kind of the Corys of, are great in it. They're, they're doing they're exactly what the Corys should do. Uh huh. 
Um, Everything uh, Jason about Patrick's it. great. It's Keeper also the Sutherland's right runtime. It's really efficient. In and out. And, you know, everybody's so seen this movie, shit. of course, but me, apparently. But that last line is so fucking good. It's, it's so, so good. hilarious. so good. Don't and spoil it, though. I, I wouldn't dare because it is it is just perfect. It's a perfect way Ed, to end uh, that was movie. Was it Edward Herman? Uh, Edward Herman is the dorky love interest to the mom. Which, uh, let me uh, say The a video things. store owner. Let me just say a couple things. Uh-huh. Edward Herman, Mr. Gilmore. Yes. Richard Gilmore, just so you know. But also... The video store is so classic 80s yeah. and the neon and his clothes. This thing is a style piece. I, oh, it's, in addition it's such to everything else, it's a style piece. Everybody's fucking hair in this movie is the craziest hair I've ever it's seen. It's the craziest in my hair. Life. Jamie Gertz's hair. Yeah. Kiefer Sutherland's hair. And Kiefer Sutherland's white hot in this. Uh-huh. He is white hot yeah. in this. And, um, and my, uh, What's his name? Damn it. Um, Bill and Ted. Uh, uh, Alex Winter. Alex Winter. Yeah, he's Love got Alex crazy Winter. hair in this. Alex Winter has crazy hair in this, and he's so cute. Yeah. He's adorbs. Everything about this damn thing is so... Corey Feldman's basically playing the same character he plays a little bit older in Gremlins. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I also just want to point out really quickly, before you continue to love on this film, because it deserves it, that this is also where the sparkle happens with vampires. Did you notice that? I did. Yeah, there's a little bit of a like, well, that's clearly where the like sparkly thing came from, even if it was subconsciously. Yeah, subconsciously, perhaps, but it, yes. They sparkle a little bit. Yeah, they do. Um, I also just have to shout out the great cinematographer, Michael Chapman, who it's worked with, with with Scorsese a bunch. He shot Goodfellas, among many other Scorsese movies. He shot the shit out of this thing. It's so good looking. It's such a vibe. Do you I know. know what I mean? Yes. Like, it's like from the beginning of this thing with that aerial shot where uh-huh. it's like we're as if we're, we're coming down as if we're flying. Which is fantastic. It's a vibe. This yeah, thing. yeah, I, I, love I, it. I loved it too. Uh, so really um, taken with that. And I, again, I could have sworn I had seen it, but I don't know what I was thinking about when I also, thought about it. How Corey Hames character is clearly gay. Like they don't really say huh. it, but he's like wearing a shirt that's like I'd rather be at the mall. Oh, and that's he's got, true. And he's got yeah. a poster of Rob Lowe. There's like he really does mad. Have he's that got Rob a poster, poster of Rob Lowe kind of pulling a shirt up. It's really, and he's like just very. It's it's he's not playing it like in an offensive way, but sure. It, it, and I mean Corey uh, Haim, you know, was queer. And and, and so Joel Schumacher, the director, of yeah, course, is or was gay. Very very queer character, but it doesn't. It, there's no articulation of that. Um, but you know, it's sort of a. I don't know. There's there's a bit of a like bromance going on, but there's no real articulation of that. But it really is clearly he's clearly gay. That's not I something I picked film. up on, honestly. I love this film. So maybe I'll I'll check that out when I finally yeah. actually have a repeat viewing instead of this, which I thought was a repeat. Well, this viewing. the the production design in his room is is just brilliant. I, I did notice the Rob Lowe poster, and I was like, huh. Well, I guess that's just a thing that people did in the eighties. So. It's not. <laughs> it's not. I mean, yes. Um, you know, young gay men and young hetero women had a definitely had that poster up on their wall. Well, he. He was he was a hunk. He was a dreamboat. He's pulling his shirt up to reveal his like mid mid. Yeah, you know? I mean it was you know he's really pretty. There's Rob some Lowe skin is there. Really pretty. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, really really fun. Um, the other movie is a movie I expected to like, but really didn't. And I wonder how you huh, feel about this because this. I'm sure that you've seen this. Uh-oh. It stars the guy who might be my favorite working actor, Nicolas Cage, and it's the movie for which he won his Academy Award for Best Actor, Leaving Las Vegas. Oh, you didn't like it? I didn't like it at all. Interesting. I need to rewatch. It's dark. Look, it, it, is, I mean, it is dark as tar, this thing. Yeah, it's super dark. I mean, and... It's not fun. It's zero fun. Elizabeth, no fun. And I think part of it is uh, Elizabeth Shue 
for me, I want, I don't know, I want, there's something about her that she vibes that is, that to me is fun. And when, when you put her in something that's got zero fun in it, it's weird. It's is that, weird. is that because of her sort of origins in the, in the eighties? Like just her, everything about adventures her, and babysitting like her and shit. persona, the way she carries herself or, I don't know. I, I have a lot of trouble seeing, I, it's not that I don't have trouble. It's not that I don't want her to be in serious stuff. Sure. That's unfair. Yeah. But it's just that she brings a particular vibe and a particular tone that I don't think is matched by this film. I think it's, I think it just rolls over her, um, and you know her sort of her charisma just kind of gets rolled over does that you know, make sense well i you know i think this is a stifling screenplay right. um i think that cage and shu are good within the parameters of what they're given to do but this thing is just i mean i i kind of instinctively buck against these miserablest melodramas right. that are clearly designed to provide an acting showcase for their right. their stars movies like monsters ball Right, uh, which I think is, this is fair. I think that's a fair statement about this film, and I think it's a fair comparison. Uh, but I, it, it I, is the no fun zone. You know yeah. what I mean? And and that's not to say that there aren't you know moments of truth or or moments uh, that that reveal something about the human character in this movie. But you know, not only is it a bad sit. I mean, there were just artistic decisions that I disagree with, like the wall to wall sting on the soundtrack, which Lord knows a movie of this you know tone does not necessarily benefit from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe that's just because in my, you know, later days, you know, associations with Sting, it's like Disney soundtracks and yeah. shit. And, you know... It's weird. It's it's It's, it's a disconnect. Um, and, I, you know, I just feel like it doesn't rise above the cliches of, you know, quote-unquote drunk with a poet's soul and quote-unquote sex worker with a heart of gold and that sort of thing. And, you know, I read contemporary reviews of this movie to try to see if I was missing anything, right? And a lot of the reviews I read were like, doesn't it subvert the, your expectations of those character types? And I'm like, no, no not it really. Doesn't. It just kind of wallows in it. In it like, I um, think that's fair. In like a an extreme sort of purposefully provocative, like, hey, look how edgy we are. Look... Don't you think it's crazy that he's just pouring a bottle of whiskey on Elizabeth Shue's chest and we're like super close up on it? That's crazy, right? And it's like, yeah, but I, you know, to what end? What are we doing here? And it ends exactly as you'd expect. And I just, I walked away from it not really impressed by any aspect of it. I'm not mad that my boy Nick has an Oscar, like, good for him, but I'm kind of bummed out that it's for this. I agree. And it's also just sort of like, don't you want to see the dark side of Vegas? Yeah. And here's my response. No, I don't want to see the dark side like, of Vegas. I want to see the fun shit. Let's go. There is something, look, it's a miserable film. It, it's it's a dire ending. I'm not trying to like make light of alcoholism, right. but there is something, there is opportunity here to have some levity and some humor and a total alcoholic in Las Vegas. I'm sorry, but there is. And, and Cage, there's none of it. I feel like Cage is trying you know, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. points by going full cage. But I think he's reined in by this just miserable construct yeah. of this screenplay. Of so. this thought of like, no, it just, we got to be so respectful to the material that it's just got to, there's no fun. There's nothing funny. There's nothing good. There's nothing positive. Okay. Yeah. Well, have fun watching that film then. Bombed out and yeah, not yeah, yeah. in a way that I found very satisfying. Yeah. So a, a big disappointment there. It's a movie that I'd put off for it's years because I was just like, film. this is going to be a drag. And it turns out it I is. was right. It is so. a drag. It's a total drag. Yeah. 
Anyway, so that's I what agree. I've been watching. I don't necessarily disagree, but I, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Um, I do remember being off put by all the things I just said of like yeah. thinking that there would be at least a little little something to grab onto in this thing, and it's it's really it's it's just kind of it's it's really one note is what I'm kind of is what I think I'm talking a lot about <laughs> around is it's really one yeah, note. and th- that one note is kicking a puppy in the ribs. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. no there's yeah. nothing yeah. other than that. So. Disappointing, but um, hey, you you want a Nicolas Cage performance that you can really sink your teeth into? There are plenty of other options uh, and plenty of other movies to watch where he gives better performances than in this one. And you know what? One of those might be John Woo's Face Off. There, I said it. Ooh, um, shit. So okay. give him an Oscar for Face you know, Off and not Face leaving Off Las on Vegas. this hand, leaving Las Vegas. Oh. Yeah. So I, I stand by that. All right. It's a place you can stand. <laughs> Well, thank you for listening to the Side Talks podcast. We've done this one before, Corey. Okay. But it's heated back up, girl. Uh-oh. There is more shit going on here in 2023. We're your own personal cinematic Selena Gomez and Haley Bieber. Why can't them motherfuckers leave each other alone? I don't know, but it's hard. You know me. I will get on some shit and really decipher it and come to you with some real details about Uh what's happening. I got lost in this. Uh This is a disaster. This is a mess. There's body shaming. There's shading. Body shaming. There's shading. (gasps) Yep. There's over laminated eyebrows. There are... (laughs) (laughs) There's friendships with Kendall Jenner. There is... I don't. Well, that's a problem. Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of like there's there's um, birthday party favors that are uh, shaming of uh, of Selena Gomez. I mean, it's just all over the place. So wait, who started this back up? There's a. you know what? I think I got to say it's Haley Bieber. Yeah. Sounds and like she's the instigator here. Sounds like she's the instigator, but then she wants to backpedal and say she's not. Huh. And maybe Selena's fans are reading something into it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But there was definitely a post that involved uh, uh, an image of Haley Bieber making a gagging reference to Taylor Swift performing. <gasps> Which then caused... She's making enemies uh, all over the place. I wouldn't fuck with that, but okay. And that caused Selena to respond with a, so sorry, my best friend is, continues to be, and it, my best friend is and continues to be one of the best in the game. Can't argue with that. Taylor and Selena are best <sighs> yeah. friends? Oh yeah, you know that? I didn't. Oh yeah. Good for them. Get it together, Corey. They should Get hang it out. together. Oh, what I would love to see is Taylor Swift do a guest spot on Only Murders in the Building. That'd be fun. I would. I love that show. That's a great show, folks. Well, I don't like where this is going because that means you might be wanting to pick Selena Gomez when that's my girl. But I also, Selena Gomez then took a break from... Um, social media because of all this yeah. Justin Bieber's mom is weighed in and oh, said Lord. don't be mean I mean it's all all, all over the place uh, don't worry Selena Gomez has been back on social media at least in enough time to like a post by Lizzo with a heart so I you know I, I can't keep up I can't keep up but these two are not getting along isn't that a shame? It's a damn shame. Two of our best and brightest. Well, we pit women against each other, and I there's no reason for it. There's no reason for it. Um, well, I would normally pick Selena Gomez, one, because I don't really know who Haley Bieber is other than Justin Bieber's wife, yeah, question mark. Is, and and, and um, you know what her what her maiden name is, right? Uh-uh. Oh, I'm about to blow your mind. Uh-huh. Oh, here we go. You're re- you ready for this? Baldwin. What? Wait. Uh, as Alex's in- daughter. No! Are you kidding me? I just blew your mind. 
Is it, but she's not the the um the the, the little pig that he cursed out on that infamous um I think she might I be. I think that's her. Yeah. That's her. I God think. damn. Yeah. This so, truly did blow my mind. Maybe in her defense some understandable daddy issues. Yeah, but don't take that on Selena. No, take it out on Justin. Take it out on Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Anyway, it's a lot. It's too much for us to get into here at the very end of a podcast. If podcast at sidewalkfest.com, if y'all have any insight onto what is going on here, hey, you can know make who, it a little easier for me because I couldn't follow this BuzzFeed, y'all. You know who is guest starring on season three of Only Murders in the Building? No. Meryl fucking Street. Yeah, I did see that Meryl, actually. Meryl, Selena. I did see so, that. You know, we're, How is Selena on the show? She's so good. It's such a good show. I mean, look, I'm in the tank, as we have established, for just about anything that Steve Martin and Martin Short do, especially when they're together. I know. But those two are not only delightful, they are – Selena Gomez is delightful, and they the trio is unexpectedly delightful together. And so to add into the mix – not only Meryl Streep, but as the end of season two indicated, Paul Rudd, which is extremely exciting. That's going to be some must-watch summer television, maybe, as far as I'm concerned. Maybe Taylor will stop by. Um, is this? I did I hear this correctly that this is some kind of a like at least a light riff on um, single white female in some way? Is that um, could that make elements sense? of the show could be okay. considered that? But you know, it's it's kind of like a. You know, the, the premise is that true crime podcast obsessed weirdos in a eccentric New York apartment building start investigating a murder when one happens in their building and they do their own true crime podcast, except, you know, it's Steve Martin and Martin Short. Gotcha. So comedy ensues. Um, but Selena Gomez is their improbably young <laughs> partner in this venture. Cute. And it is cute. I mean, it's just cute. It's funny. It's well written. Um and it's, you know, it's genuinely very entertaining. So if you haven't watched it, it's on Hulu. Check it out. And this is technically the outro of our podcast. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and by the way, we will do a little retraction if we find out that the pig in question isn't indeed Haley Bieber. Yeah. I, I don't think that she should have been called a pig by no, her father of, of on a voicemail. Not. Of personally, course. Personally. Of course go not. But we don't limb. know if this is the alleged pig. So we'll we'll get back to you on that. <laughs> alleged pig. We'll get back to you on that. But you're you're Haley Bieber and I'm, uh, I'm Selena Gomez I on guess. this outro. Uh, thanks to Beltwell Studios. Uh, and oh yeah. Thank you, Brad. You're welcome. Visit us online at SidewalkFest.com or on social media at Sidewalk Film. That's where you can see what we're playing at the Sidewalk Cinema. And we're playing some cool stuff this summer, folks. We've already locked down some exciting films, first run and repertory screenings. Um, it's going to be a good summer, It's going to be a really good summer. Come and buy some tickets. Buy some popcorn. Buy a, a drink, drink at the bar. Um, support your local indie cinema. If you're if you're from out of town and you happen to be close to Birmingham at any point this summer on your travels, stop by and see us. Yeah, we say hello. Love to have you. And uh, while you're at it, why don't you visit sidewalkfest.com and get your passes to the 25th annual Sidewalk Film Festival, which is very exciting and coming up at the end of August in downtown Birmingham's theater district. We got movies, we got parties, we got panels, we got all manners of special events and exciting surprises in store, and of course, as always, some really, if I do say so, 
good programming. I agree. And you know what? If you wanted, if you're not in the Birmingham area and you wanted just to kick us some support, or if you are in the Birmingham area and find yourself too busy to come see a film, jump on sidewalkfest.com, shoot us a little donation, support us. You know, you listen to that podcast for free. So send us a few bucks and put in the comments that you are a Side, a side Talks listener. And uh, hashtag Corey was right. No. It doesn't matter about what? No. Okay. Well, Bye. the donation would be Bye. good. Bye. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.